0: back, my savages, to this week's edition of the MM Together podcast. This is your host, Blake Abides. That's right, Blake Abides. You can't see me. I got a face for radio. You can't be me, so that's why I'm doing podcasts. Couldn't come up with a rhyme for that third bar. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. I'm no recording artist, but I'm recording these because we're stuck inside, at least for another couple of weeks, that stay-at-home order tentatively set to end april 30th Uh, i know some states are slowly rolling out um almost like a staggered release of the population let's get that economy rolling again let's get some people back to work i know i could use a job not that i don't love listening to the sound of myself talk and then editing it for several hours on end it's going to remain this way because i love talking to you all and i love that you all listen today i have a very exciting episode on deck free with christian medina he is part owner of champion taekwondo in chicago illinois he has some experience competing on the junior olympic team as well as the national team so i'm really excited for what he's going to bring to the table so let's get right after it hope you folks enjoy and now it's time for your tail the tape coming in on the other side of the monitor thanks to zen recording software we have christian medina
1: with a cumulative reach of one thousand two hundred and forty-four followers let's get back to that hard-hitting action how's everybody doing today my name is christian medina um uh, from the south side of chicago um i'm a fifth degree black belt in taekwondo uh and a current fourth or stripe white belt, which I really miss a bunch in jujitsu. Um, you know, I'm 27 years old. I'm a father to a beautiful daughter named Layla. She's three. Uh, she's also a yellow stripe in, in Taekwondo. So I got her kicking the bags already, uh, which is really cool to have, uh, you know, the family united as one in martial arts. I've been in martial arts my, my entire life. I was pretty much kicking in my mother's womb, literally, because my dad came from Mexico and he was younger and he kind of brought it into our family heritage sense. And uh, from there, I've, I've used, I've used the, the, you know, the lifestyle to leverage uh, pretty much towards everything I've wanted towards my, my career, my finances, my, my family, my mindset. It, I all trace it back to martial arts and everything my, my dad and my mom and my teammates have taught me throughout the years. Uh, but aside from that, uh, aside from running a family business on the South Side, uh, I'm also an Indiana real estate agent. So I'm licensed to uh, do transactions in Indiana. On uh, one of the best teams in the Northwest Indiana region, uh, the Nicola Group. Uh, so we've, you know, we've we've been together for about a year now. I've, I joined the team maybe like a year ago, and they're my homies. And a big shout out to them for keeping me, you know, busy through these times and and making sure that I got somebody to fall back on in case I start getting lazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, honestly, bro, just if if I could narrow myself down to one word, it's it's Taekwondo. That's what I've lived. It's what I've known. It's what I've breathed. I grew up competing. And uh, to this day, I, I try to pass down whatever knowledge I, I have acquired to, uh, you know, anybody who asks for it. Uh, I, I, you know, I was always taught if, if somebody is, is willing to, to take their time to listen to what you have to say, you know, you should put your whole heart and soul into it.
0: Yeah. My uncle told me something similar is like, if you're going to do something half fast, don't even bother doing it type of deal. So I can really relate with that. 100%. So it sounds like, obviously, martial arts is ingrained in your DNA. It sounds like you acquired it initially from your father, who's from Mexico. So do you want to talk about real quick uh, what brought him to the United States, how he got involved in uh, martial arts, and how he passed it on to you initially?
1: Yeah, so um, my dad is an immigrant from from a small little Pueblo in in Mexico. And he came here when he was 15 years old with his, uh, with his mom and his sister or his brothers and sisters. And from there, you know, he was, he was one of the only guys in the family. He just got right to work. Uh, You know, he did a couple of jobs here and there at at different factories. And from there, he, uh, you know, he always, he always told me the stories of him watching the Bruce Lee movies and just being fascinated by how, you know, he presented himself and, and the things he would he would uh, talk about philosophically and and how how he approached martial arts so uh from there he you know he reached out to his local martial arts studio that he found it was up the street from where he lived and uh his instructor you know took him on and he's just a very very disciplined individual from that age just because you know he was young and he had to be just with all the responsibilities put onto his shoulders and he, you know, he needed an outlet and he, he found it through Taekwondo from a very young age. And, uh, from, from what he told me, you know, uh, after about three to five years or so, he, his instructor kind of, kind of was like, you know, do you want the school? Do you want to just start teaching and, and take over from it? And from there, he just started training him to, uh, you know, essentially, uh, n- know the knowledge of not just Taekwondo, but how to, how to instruct. Cause if, you know, if 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 you know you know it's it's two very different ways there's an art to
0: teaching there's absolutely an art to teaching for sure I uh I'm only a three-stripe white belt and I was like I would find it really rewarding if one day I could pass on this knowledge and be a coach and then like what wound up happening is is like a lot of people who it was their first or second class wound up getting paired with me and I'm like Oh, cool. Like, this is the universe, like, providing me an opportunity to see where I stand with that. And yeah, it is a very difficult skill. As you know, uh, having your own school, there's multiple personality types. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure. everyone learns differently.
1: Yeah, it's a wave right to the face when you meet somebody and they're, you know, they communicate differently. And you have to kind of break that barrier. You have to build that rapport right off the bat. You have to kind of see how they're internalizing what you're What you're doing and and you know how martial arts is it's not just how you talk it's it's also how you do the movements and how you feel the feels and and if you if it doesn't feel right you know how do you teach somebody how to make it feel right that's where the communication and how you personally perceive it as well um and you know from there my my father you know he's he's somebody obviously i I look up to very much he's he uh he not only provided for our family you know, he's just a very giving person in everything he's done. And I think that's why uh, he has so many accolades. If you ask about anybody in Taekwondo who Grandmaster Luciano Medina is in Illinois, like they'll give you a fucking list of, of what he's done. You know, just, you know, my, my dad has multiple, multiple national team members on the USA national team. Um, if So in, in Taekwondo, there's two organizations that are primarily the ones people kind of train for if you will uh there's the aau which i'm sure you've, you've heard with other organizations they do basketball soccer all other stuff too well they have a taekwondo uh, chapter to it too and he was the national team for illinois and and the whole aau team for man the whole time i was on team and a few years after so a bunch of a bunch of the guys and gals on my my old team it was like four of us we were on the national team while he was coaching which was really sick so we got some we got some feel of of being at home whenever we would go out of country to go and train and compete.
0: So Uh, is there like, is there like a screening process? Is there like a selection committee or, or how does that work?
1: There absolutely is. So he, uh, you know, for AAU Taekwondo, they more so choose how you by your accolades and, and the athletes you've put onto the national team to begin with. So if you're, you know, if you're producing results, you know, they reach out to you and they kind of, you know they they put you in a in a meeting with all the, the the you know the head chairmans and you you know you present your your whole uh, resume to them and from there uh, it's all about I guess who you know you know if you will it's 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 a tight knit community so uh, he's been around for a long time and people really understand his value in terms of how he teaches uh, so he he got on it by knowing one of the other uh, national team coaches whom was uh, one of the first Olympians uh, that that was a woman? Her name is Arlene Limas. She she got first place, and I don't I don't honestly know what year she won the Olympics, but she won first place. And him and him and her used to train when they were younger because she lived in Illinois as well, and uh, so they grew up training with each other, and as well as a few other instructors. So so uh, from there, she kind of recommended them onto the onto the committee and the team.
0: 1988 in
1: Seoul, Korea. Yeah, one of the first ones, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's where Arlene Lemus won her gold medal.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, he's, you know, and if he had his his citizenship here in America, I'm pretty sure he could have gone to the Olympics himself. He's a badass.
0: Did Mexico just not have a have a team at that time?
1: Do they have one currently? oh yeah they absolutely do actually Mexico their their second leading sport of entertainment is Taekwondo uh, first being soccer it's really huge over there in Mexico it's not boxing boxing's up there maybe it's first, second or third but I know taekwondo's up there with uh, one of the top top sports uh, you can find a school literally on any block in Mexico and uh, it's you know they have a strong team just because of their their criteria to make national team there's like four Four different competitions you have to win first place in order to even make it to team trials. So it's way more strenuous.
0: That's wild. I would have never known that. Mm. I wouldn't have even known that would have made top five. Because <laughs> I know Mexico's a big... So I know it's a big baseball, obviously boxing, obviously soccer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, that's probably where my uh, reds start to fall off there. <laughs> yeah, what there's other very... even... <laughs> I'm a very stereotypical (laughs) individual. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's interesting because America has got such a, I don't know. I feel like I'm really, what's the word here, jaded because I've grown up only in the United States. I've never been outside of the United States, but from everything I know, I just feel like basketball outside of the Asian market, super American, obviously football, only American. Baseball, pretty much, really big in America, and again, a little bit in the Asian market. For sure. I don't know. I just think it's like a market unique all to its own.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's it's really cool that that you know different cultures can still adapt sports because it doesn't matter, you know, what language you speak. If if you if you can kick a ball really well into a goal, like into a goal, like I understand that. <laughs> like you're you've been practicing that shit, and I understand you're good at it.
0: Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because like, innately, like we all admire that ability to just be great at one thing? Or is it, you know, the hard work? Because everybody, you know, like, when you get the influential sports movies, think about Remember the Titans or Rudy, like everybody loves that ending, but You know, you don't see everyone put in that same amount of commitment, but yet have the same, almost the same admiration for it. I just always thought that was a weird component of sports fans. Yeah, I
1: I really think people just enjoy seeing people like regular humans do superhuman things because we all want to, you know, we all want to think that, that, that there's better in this world so somebody who trains a, a you know particular skill for so long they're so good at it that it's impressive and i feel like to the average human being it's like wow like how did they do that like how can i do that and, you know you kind of go to that just because of our our ego there like a little bit but you think how you know well if they can do it why can't i do it at least that's how i thought of most things growing up and i feel like that's that's how people try to uh you know, when you look at sports, it's 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 a means to get a kind of away for a little bit, but you also wonder like, wow, like how much time did they put into that one shot, that one kick, that one submission, you know, like how long before they just kinda of timed it and they can catch it from any angle? You know, it's just it's really cool to think about.
0: I mean, I, I really don't care to admit it, but honestly I don't think I really realized that until I began jujitsu. Mm especially martial arts because even doing muay thai like it's just the amount of times you complete that repetition and then it becomes more natural because throwing a left hook is super awkward mm. until you do it like 300 400 <laughs> times and like now i'm at a point where like i can at least pivot my foot and i don't look like a like a newborn deer like about to stumble over but <laughs> Bam, yeah, yeah man. <laughs>
1: You know, going back to to, yeah. to to my dad's accolades and all that, he um, obviously AU was really big for him because we got to share that as as a you know son father kind of thing. Outside of that, he's also it, as far as Olympians go, he's he's had a couple, well, three to be exact, go on, on the Olympic team. Uh, two of them being on the the so what's what's called the Youth Olympic team, and they started it maybe in 2012 or something like that. But the very first one was in, in Singapore and uh two of my teammates uh michelle silva is one of them and she recently became uh, a cps school teacher so you know god bless her and, and all the work she does for the community and then uh, we also have uh greg english whom uh man he's i actually haven't spoken to him in many years but he was my boy we used to we we really used to kick each other a lot back in the day <laughs> as far as uh uh you know he was one of my my better training partners because of the fact that, that he was just like, he was like a fin weight and he was just very, very light and quick and explosive. And he just was very natural in his movements to where it really kept me on my toes training with him. Cause you never knew where anything was coming from. And, you know, uh, and then also, so I have Michelle, Greg, and then we also had, uh, one of my former teammates named Carolina Carston. She, uh, actually made the Olympic, the Olympic team for Panama and she competed in the last two Olympics. Uh, I think she placed in, she might have gotten like to semis or quarters before losing, but she got, she got one, one fight in where she won and she lost like her second or third. I forgot. But yeah, she, uh, she now lives in Europe at this point, but she still trains out there competing and trying to make the Olympics again. Whenever that happens, (laughs) 2021, whenever it is. Yeah. To be determined as it were. be determined
0: as is with everything else.
1: Uh, I was talking about Carolina in, in Panama. Mm. She, So he, he also uh, was national team coach for uh, Costa Rica for like four years. So he was, you know, flying back and forth and kind of living out there a little bit too. He trained a couple of athletes to go to the, the, the Pan American games. Uh, I think with which one of the athletes uh, placed for the first time in history for Costa Rica. So he, you know, he really made his mark over there. And unfortunately you know things things fell off and he ended up having to uh to leave the position and and you know keep things at home but that was one of the things he was he was really into maybe like 3 years is ago. that a is that a
0: renowned thing the fact that he got that job did he just know someone in Costa Rica or does he have roots there
1: no he doesn't have any roots there um they just kind of reached out to him and was like hey can you can you coach our, our guys for for a couple of weeks and then from there, like, well, do you want a position as a coach? And the rest is history.
0: To hear a story where someone gets to literally travel the world and gets to pass all that on is just super, super cool.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. He's a, uh, you know, he's worked hard for it. He's humble about it, and uh, I guess it's it's important to talk about the roots, and so you get an idea of of who i am because like i said without what i've learned in taekwondo uh, i would not be the person that i am
0: so then how about moving on to you then what tell us about your experience um in your competition history when we were uh messaging each other back and forth i think you said you were a four-time you team usa member is that correct
1: yeah so uh let me let me Better elaborate. So that so I made national team four years in a row, uh, two different organizations. So I made the USAT national team, and then I made the AAU team. Uh, the USA team, USAT team, is the one that's sanctioned under the Olympic Committee. So you can you can train for the Olympics through USAT and AAU. They're limited more to just uh, resources. They can make you travel. They can have you do uh, cross trainings with other countries. They give you a bunch of cool gear. USAT does too, but AAU gave us like a lot, a lot of merch. It was cool. So uh, yeah, so I made I made team in two thousand nine for USAT. That was my my first year making it. And what's funny is I had that. That was my last year in the junior division. So uh, I had. So how old does that make you? Yeah, I was like seventeen, maybe. I I was just turning seventeen. And, and the reason it's it's funny is because the three years prior that you fight in the junior division, because it's four years of fighting junior, sometimes five. For me, I I was going into my fourth year, and I had always made it to the finals or team trials, and I always fucking lost. So this year was really big because I was training my ass off for it, like you know, doing way more than I ever had, just working on plyometrics. Uh, lots of weight training, kicking, kicking, kicking all day, and it, it, like I even got homeschooled just so I can make this national team. And from there, uh, you know, it was it was based in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center. That's where the the team trials was, and I had fought uh, was like three times. Or four four matches, I think, but they were all with guys that I have fought throughout the years, and they were just you know really tough competitors. We always we always were arch nemesis in in the ring because we were always in the same division, and it was always back and forth uh, on who would win. But you know, on this particular day, it was my day, and I just I was really really focused more than I ever had been in my life for for that for that year. After winning and, and making team, they took us to El Salvador for the Junior Pan Olympic. Pan American Games, uh, where unfortunately, I, I actually had a really hard way cut and I lost a second match to Canada. I wasn't feeling as I should for that for that level of competition. And it was a great learning experience, but it also, it, it trajected it me to having that confidence in the ring and in my training, like, oh, if I just do a little bit extra, you know, I can win. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's the recipe. Let's go. So from there, just training and training and training in homeschooling. Uh, you know just going back and forth and I live at a Taekwondo school so I literally have no excuse but to get on the mats from there that same year I think it was like maybe two months later I had to you know start losing the weight again after El Salvador to start uh, losing weight for uh, team trials at AAU because the way it works is AAU uh, has a nationals in in Fort Lauderdale Florida and you have to make the top four so for second and third third and from there, those top four come back like two months later for for the team trials, and from there they do it like round robin style, where you have to fight everybody, and the person with the best record they uh, they make team. So that year, I was just like I said, full of confidence, full of training, just full of youth and light. <laughs> so I was uh, going, and uh, you know, by God's word, He's you know he, he gave me the opportunity, and I made team that year. Uh, The following year and then in 2012, I think, was uh, where I kind of slowed down in competition because I was really focusing on college and all that.
0: Well, I bring up a lot on this show, like the balance that exists in all things. So I think taking time away in anything is really necessary just because when you do get to take a step back in, it's almost like you've had time to forget all your poor habits concerning it. I know it's a weird way of looking at it, but I think, uh, well, especially where you were at, it was so much of your life, you know, you needed to uh, see what else you could do. But did you find, I guess, value in the fact that you were able to work so hard at becoming a master at Taekwondo that you could have employed that same type of commitment and dedication to, like, truly anything?
1: Oh, uh, That's a great question, bro. Yes, uh, 100%, because... What I've, what i found is you, you find martial arts in, in everything, how you talk to people,
0: Fuck how you, Yeah, you, do. You, how, how, how,
1: you know, how, how you carry yourself, how you look at things, you know, how you limit your, your words, how you talk to people, just everything. It's, it's literally ingrained in everything that I do. So, you know, absolutely. I, I fully brought that everywhere I went.
0: Uh, I feel like when something becomes so much a part of you, like when you do take that time away because it's so ingrained in you, it almost feels like a piece of you isn't there, but then you just like kind of like what you were saying earlier, you need to separate yourself from your ego and understand that that's like not truly you. It's just something that you happen to be a part of. Exactly. And uh, I mean, again, like, even though you can acknowledge like those words that I just said, the practice and the application there is a whole other fucking story entirely. So we don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> but the gym that we keep talking about, is that a champion Taekwondo?
1: Yeah. So champion Taekwondo, was... it's spelled with a Y, uh, uh, just for branding purposes, we, we've had to separate from a different champion that might, uh, so I guess I'll give you kind of a short little brief your story, but, uh, so we originally were champion with an I Taekwondo before. And actually this is a story I've never told. And people always ask like, why do you put a Y in your champion instead of an I? Well, here Exclusive. it is. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> but yeah. So, so for, it basically, it was a long time ago where we were champion with an I, and we had like three other schools under my dad. And, uh, over the years, uh, you know, some beef stirred up and and things kind of took a different route. And instead of my dad going to sue them and being like, you can't use this name anymore. He's just like, well, I'm going to change the I to a fucking Y. And it's going to sound like you're saying it in Spanish. So from there, uh, we just kind of stuck with it. And now the Y, it it kind of gives it to where we can brand our our logo as with just using the Y and not needing to put the whole thing. Or we can, you know, we can use it in different varieties. And uh, we, we make some pretty sick merch here, man.
0: School is in Indiana or is it in Illinois?
1: This is in Illinois, it's right on the border, it's on the south side of Chicago. The address is uh, 3657 East 112th Street. And so it's uh, shut
0: down right now, then, isn't it?
1: Yep, lower Chi Town. We've been in the lower Chi, you know, Chi Town region for a while. Uh, like I said, it's where my dad grew up, so we kind of we've stuck in this part of the community to to serve. we we know the same people that we've known for years and years and it's it's uh really it has deep roots in the community we would never leave after
0: all this is said and done like with whatever it looks like i imagine that there's going to be a lot more of a uh how, how do i want to articulate this like a digital base for these lessons like is there any concern there because like there is a lot to be said in terms of being up close and personal and actually training and feeling the movements versus, you know, going through repetition. Because there's also the degree of, like, being corrected or with a training partner saying, like, hey, you know, I don't really feel it here too much. Try doing it this way so that way you can adjust it. That that whole component of learning, I feel like, is lost in a digital model.
1: Yeah, know, I, I 100% agree to that but you know it, it you know at, at the same time honestly i feel like 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 we were talking about earlier when it comes to teaching there is there's a certain uh communication you, you need to have and if if you're going to the class with uh your full enthusiasm your you know if you you have shit planned out you have it written down and you're going by you know a certain standard that you've set for yourself uh, people really do get a sense of value from it. And, and they can, you know, tag along as much as they can. And, and a lot of the community that we have, they, you know, they've, they've also adapted. And they've, I'm just like, super proud of my students, because we, we, they, you know, we have a good turnout every class to who shows up. And, you know, they engage, they, they do the challenges that we ask them to do throughout the week, and they post it. And they, you know, they want to show that, you know, I'm, I'm still here, I'm still trying. And, and, you know, we're going to keep kicking through all this, no matter what it is. So, you know, for, for me, it's yes, schools and, and businesses are going to have to adapt and it's going to change the, you know, the, the substance, if you will, of, of, of the product or service that you're getting. But at the same time, uh, customers are also pivoting and understanding that this is what it is right now. So I, I have to take what I can get.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Overall, it's just a really odd time to conceptualize. Like, I really hope it goes back to close to normal, like what we were used to. Amen. And being completely selfish and just talking about gym talk right now. Like, I just enjoy seeing, you know, 20 20 plus people per class. You know, it's nice to, you know, catch up with them when you're rolling, especially. But even more than that, you're just exposed to more different types of styles. And it just helps you work on your weaknesses and also your strengths as well. And like, I don't know. I would just miss that engagement with people. Plus like, I'm also, I'm like a super sweaty dude. So I feel like secretly like a lot of people judge. So
1: <laughs> like, I'll
0: feel a bit more self-conscious like now, especially after all this. Cause I hell, if I were the guy on the other end, I'd kind of think it was gross too.
1: But... Like, bro, you're dripping on me. Are you sure you're not sick? Like oh. hyperhidrosis, man. <laughs> I'm trying to cut weight. You leave <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> But has
0: all of this affected your mental health at all? And what kind of things have you done to, uh,
1: I guess, help take care of your mental health, like during all this? Yeah, that's a great question. And really important around these times, sitting at home and, uh, in your own funk, if you will, for too long, it, uh, you know, it, it takes a toll and, you know, uh, I'm human. So I, as much as I, I train my brain every day in my body, there's there's days where you just, you know, you get up and, you know, you're like, well, I don't really have a job to go to today. So you, how can I get myself up? So, you know, it's, for me, how I'm, I'm trying to keep myself, you know, straight to, to, to all my goals and, and, and all my ambitions is I, for number one is regardless of how, how the fuck I feel, whatever's going on in my life, no matter what I get up and I do cardio, it doesn't matter if it's for, 30%, 80% of my effort, I'm in there and I'm sweating. I'm trying to get my heart rate going because chemically it's, you know, you can't argue it. You have to move your body. If you're not moving, you're losing. You have to be getting up and, and, you know, picking your knees up, jumping jacks, squats, whatever. I, I fortunately have a treadmill in my, in my office space. So I'll just go on that and go for runs or walks whenever it's cold, And, uh, and, you know, just making sure that you get at least one to two workouts a day, uh, I personally do too. So one in the morning, which is like a really heavy cardio session, and then something more in the mid-afternoon where uh, I'm doing weight training. I mean, and on top of that, like teaching my classes. Um, I, I was talking to one of my other buddies uh, who's who's a martial arts instructor as well, and I was and we were talking about, you know, like this is the hardest we've worked in years because we're physically giving the classes. Like we got to do them with them so they stay engaged. So I'm I'm doing my workouts just as hard as they are and with all you know i, I and i have to do it a little bit better because i'm teaching it so i'm giving it my all so I'm, I'm basically doing three workouts a day if you will but i make sure that i do you know cardio and i do weight training at least you know throughout the day and then you know aside from that i also am really keen on meditation and stretching my body out so i i do two two meditation sessions a day uh, as soon as i wake up that's uh so I, I do my cardio and then after like shower and stuff i'll I'll jump into meditation time and kind of uh, dive into the gratitude I feel and 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 the things that I'm I'm happy to have in my life and the people and the relationships I'm forming. And I try to manifest what I want to happen in, in the coming days, weeks, years. Uh, you know, just being really persistent about keeping my mind focused on what I'm thinking about while I'm meditating because it's really easy to kind of let yourself drift off. But uh, so, so I try to really, yeah. Coming back to center in those moments, Mm -hmm. like sometimes
0: is easier than said than done, but yeah, no, for sure. Feel you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, I've, I've, I found meditation when I was in maybe, I don't know, freshman, sophomore year of high school. And I didn't really take it too seriously just because you, it's just sitting there. You don't do anything. So as a young kid, you're like, I'm not going to do that shit. But as I got into heavier training sessions, one of my my old uh, my old buddies, he he would always talk about you know meditation for him would always make him see the kicks in a slower pace, and he would uh, he would be able to feel his movements easier, and he was just way more in himself. And I was like, well, okay, like I I want to be better at Taekwondo. Maybe this is something I should incorporate into my training. And from there, I just I don't leave for training without meditation because it. I've seen the difference. I've felt the difference. And I know that I feel I get too sped up in training when, whenever I don't meditate. So those are like my two, you know, my, my, I will not compromise for anything in the morning and, and night is meditation and exercise.
0: It takes a lot of discipline. I tell myself I'm going to wake up and run and then I just don't do it. I do <laughs> however, meditate. I do make that a practice in the morning and then I try to do it at night as well. Last year I was really good about it. And then I let my practice kind of fall apart a bit. So I'm working my way back up to it, but there's absolutely a difference. I advocate for meditation wholeheartedly to anyone who's never done it or anyone who used to do it. I think that there's just loads of benefit can be found from it. So I'm glad that you advocated, advocate for it as much as you did there.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's your basic body chemistry and you have to be able to balance what you're feeling, what you're thinking with the idea that yes, your, your brain was literally made to find problems in the world. It's, it's made it's designed for you to seek out an issue and worry about it so you can figure it out. So knowing that you're not in those old caveman times of, of, tiger is trying to attack you you don't have to really think about those things as much in in essence they're pointless because it's in the past and at this point all you can really focus on is here and now and what's in front of you so kind of making sure your mind is always going back to that equilibrium is one of the biggest superpowers you can have as a human for sure well said very well said
0: here comes the cornerman council
1: as as a coach myself it's those moments in between rounds when they're coming to get water and they're you know they're looking at you with with these eyes of like what do i do like help me right and and for you to be a coach and understand that what you what you're about to say is going to is going to really impact them you have to take it with a grain of salt and know that it's a lot of it is you know, every day that, that you have pushed yourself one step farther than where you are yesterday is progress. Allow yourself to be in a moment present with you, with you and who you want to be. But also be proud of the fact that you're trying to be the best version of yourself every day, even if it sometimes does not feel like it. Uh, don't, you know, don't don't be afraid to take that shot just because you may fail. Be more afraid of the fact that you didn't try simply because you were. you will never get an opportunity like this again. And, you know, just to go in there thinking that whatever is about to happen is going to make me a better person, regardless of it's the result I want, or I don't want. And at the end of the day, you know, you are a better and stronger person just for taking that step to try. That's what I try to tell my students every day.
0: I love that, and that really branches off uh, what your buddy Marcos had to say, which is uh, tough times don't last, tough people do. Yeah. I love that. I, I, that that shit really resonates, especially right now. Um, and like what you said, you are never going to be given another opportunity like this. Yeah, it's an odd circumstance. A lot of us are kept at home, but you know, for those of you who are employed in the workforce, like you are kind of getting extended time with your family, and you know, there is a lot of connections that you can make. There is a lot of time that you can. Use to develop something that you never quite had the time to carve out to do. Like if it's a meditation practice, if it's reading a bit more, whatever your thing is, like you've got a little bit of time now. So, you know, make that effort to be 1% better because you'd be surprised what happens after 30 days of quarantine. I think that's 30% by my shitty math. And, you know, that's a third of the way to a hundred damn near. So, um, where can uh where can we find champion Taekwondo online if um anyone wants to a buy a t shirt, give support, wanna come out and enroll after all this madness is said and done.
1: Let's go. <laughs> oh, bro, <laughs> I, bro, I cannot wait for that that day. Like a big old huge
0: uh, Well I'm gonna come thing.
1: out and take a lesson. Dude, I've dude, always dude.
0: wanted to do I've always wanted to do Taekwondo. I was gonna bring that up at the end here. I'm like, man, I might come out and just try right. some a little bit.
1: Dude, please I played please, soccer bro. for like sure.
0: eighteen years, so You'll be fine. I love throwing some kicks.
1: Yeah, dude, you'll be fine. Trust me. Like, it's all about learning the techniques, and then from there, it's just like I, I try to make it a really really fun exercise to where you sweat and you leave exhausted, but at the same time, you're you know you have a good understanding of of what traditional Taekwondo should be and and how it should be executed. But uh, yeah, you you can find Champion Taekwondo on Instagram, Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is at Champion TKD, and that's with a Y. So instead of the I, it's C H M P Y O N T K D, and uh, you can also find me on Instagram at uh, Christian Medina dot I N dot Estate, and then from there you guys can just follow me and uh, and and if you guys ever have any questions in regards to uh to to real estate or to to Taekwondo, if you if you ever wanted to know a little bit more about the background, the history, I'm I'm always uh, up to answer any questions, and I also like chatting, so. If you guys ever wanna get to get to know me a little better, reach out to me, and I'm I'm very happy to to answer any questions. I want to appreciate. Uh, I want to take a moment to to appreciate you asking me on this, man. It, it's awesome. It's my first podcast that I've done, and uh, you know it's it's really cool what you're doing for the community and how you're trying to uh, to to give a a personal sense of what what this world is like. Uh, it's it's truly something that people need to know because martial arts is growing in its entirety because of of UFC and, and Bellator and all these different organizations. And people should know that it's not just about kicking and punching. You know, if, if you know how to kick and punch very nicely, fine, but how are you outside of the mat? How are you towards your family members? How are you towards your responsibilities? If you're not taking the time to grow in the mind, body, and spirit, like you should as a martial artist, then shows like these will give you the perspective that that people should have for sure.
0: Well, thanks for that sentiment. I greatly appreciate it. I absolutely loved having you on. Um definitely love to have you on again sometime in the future, maybe even with your dad and get a couple of uh war stories, so to speak. That'd be really fun, I think. That'd be really a cool experience. Um oh, yeah, for sure. if he he's would. open to it.
1: Yeah, he would love that.
0: Um Yeah, and we'll do an episode sometime in the future. So for any of our Cook County listeners trying to escape some of the Illinois taxes, hit up our boy Christian. He can help you out moving on down into Indiana. Um, Otherwise, give his Taekwondo school a follow. Show him some love either way, both ways. I'm, again, grateful for having you on. Appreciate you reaching out to me. We'll absolutely do this again sometime.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
0: All right, my savages, there you have it, Christian Medina, champion taekwondo. That was some real fun. I had a good time. I feel like a lot of times my emotion doesn't really uh, translate well over the microphone. We'll have to work on that because I am a human. I have feelings and emotions too, people. I really do. And one of my emotions I'm feeling is very excited. I can't wait to get Pops Medina back on the podcast here's some of his war stories I hope he's got like a really crazy one like he went to some fight island for a weekend tournament threw a spinning wheel kick and once his heel made connection with a man's jaw it shattered into dust and then the dust sprinkled upon every one of the spectators and they all started to float up in the air like children from the great Disney film Peter Pan that's some Neverland shit for real folks But uh, bringing it back on track, I'd I'd really appreciate to have old man Medina on here give us some stories. And that's going to segue into some show notes that I had. I couldn't really find too much on Christina Carson. I don't know if I have her name spelled correctly or if I misinterpreted what Christian had to say, but I'm going to try and confirm that so that way I can provide some career information on her. Arlene Lemus, as I did say in that segment, she did win a gold medal back at the... Olympic Games in Seoul, Korea, back in 88. She's got several other international achievements throughout the course of her competition career. And she was even selected as a March of Dimes Amateur Athlete of the Year. I mean, she might have been a dime back in 88, but, you know, if that March of Dimes people be loving her, that means the babies be loving her. And if the babies be loving her, shit, I guess we should all be loving her. But on that note, everybody should be having a little bit of peace understanding love and positivity for each other that's what we could all use during hard times like these hopefully the quarantine breaks soon hope you're enjoying this programming that i'm bringing to you throughout it i really do i really do like making it for you guys i really love seeing you all listen too i know i've mentioned we've eclipsed 100 downloads if i can get a thousand downloads by the end of may i'm having some t-shirts made and i'm going to raffle off probably about 10 of them so make sure you stay listening keep sharing keep subscribing we're on spotify apple stitcher google iHeartRadio, podcasts everywhere so just give us a look see i'm sure you'll find us that said, if you want to contact the show in any regards, you can contact us on Instagram and Twitter, and that's at mmaltogetherpodcast. If you'd like to email the show, it's mmaltogetherpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach me at any of those platforms for show bookings or show information. Again, just like to thank you all for your continued support. Couldn't do it without you. And until next week or next time, Elvitas and Savages.